Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. Zwift is interval workouts, training plans, and massive online group rides made fun. Because fun works, and fun gets results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com to try it today. You may not have noticed, but that was the voice of Amanda Spratt welcoming you to uh, Bunny Young. Uh, welcome to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. I should say bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friend at Zwift, another familiar voice. I keep following him everywhere he's going. It's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Well, I'm glad you're following me. I'm good, firstly. Uh, I'm a bit pooped. It's been a long day. I feel like I've done 18 laps, <laughs> almost. But um, I'm glad you're following me because I'm coming back with you. I need to lift back to Melbourne, my friend. So don't go anywhere after this. That's the only reason why I'm here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. What a nice day we had. I mean, uh, the weather was a bit iffy at the beginning, uh, but then it developed into something really beautiful, not too hot, not too, not too cold, a bit windy. Uh, but what a good couple of race we had today. Uh, we were always going to have a good couple of races, weren't we? A great couple of races, and you're, you're dead right. It was actually cold on top of the mountain. It was probably 10 degrees uh, this morning during the women's race. Do you know what? I carried my jacket all day long, and I wore it for about 20 minutes. Well, you came at the right time, my friend. I was up there, you know, that's what that's the people like me that do the hard yards, roll the sleeves up. I was up there, you know, in a, in a blizzard almost. Knowledge is power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, look, they were both great races. They were both fantastic. Amanda Spratt, uh, Cameron Meyer that we've just witnessed. Um, and look, they, uh, it's hard to separate them really. And, and it's hard to separate actually a number of rides throughout the five days of competition um, from Serra Gigante, in fact, in the individual time trial, the elite individual time trial. Sure, she didn't go back-to-back in the elites, but uh, she was a marked girl, obviously, uh, off the back of last year's performance. You're such a professional. Let's listen to Sarah Gigante. I'm really happy with my week here. Um, it started off really well for me. I won the elite women's time trial and under-23 women's time trial. And, yeah, it was a bit tough today. I, it was a bit hard. Like, Mitchell and Scott had an amazing race and they really dominated. So having no teammates made it a bit tough out there. But I'm happy where my form is at. Last year, no one was expecting you. This year, they were, you know, they, they were really watching you. Yeah, it was definitely hard. I, I definitely noticed the difference being a marked rider this year compared to last year. I really um, kind of flew under the radar. So, yeah, it's a big difference. And I'll just have to learn how to deal with that, I think. And then every time I Zwift, you're on Zwift. Do you, do you ever come out of the platform? And then every time you fly past me, do you ever come out of that platform? I pretty much live on the Ergo, I guess. No, I've, I've really been enjoying Zwift. I used it for my time trial training, and I guess that's how I won the time trial. Um, I live really in a city, so it's hard for me to ride my time trial back outside. So, yeah, pretty much all my sessions are on Zwift. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. So that was Sarah Gigante talking exactly about this, uh, coming into this race as a marked girl. But, uh, geez, she had a good week. She's, she's, at the end of the day, she's rider of the week. That's right. She got rider of the week. And, um, yeah, look, I think it's a good choice. And she's still really young. And, look, she's excited now to go across to the Tour Down Under and with her new team. So it's her first race properly with her new team, Tibco, the American outfit. So it's new horizons for Sarah. And, you know, again... I think we just need to celebrate everything she does but not expect 
and or not yeah not expect too much or put too many expectations on ourselves of what we expect from her because it'll come and it might not come for four or five years um you know the really big stuff on the world stage but let's just celebrate what she does here actually how, how much do you think a week like this and a day like today is part of her learning a lot because she's been winning so much and then today she didn't win uh, and and how do you think in ter- the psychology of a rider that's probably you know i know kino says you win or you learn that's a great quote i got from from kino uh, but that's today she really learned something Absolutely. These are the ones that are really good for her because she didn't win the under-23s either. And the great thing is there's a couple of women nipping at her heels in that in the under-23 category. So that tells us that it's so healthy. Um, so, no, she would have learnt a lot. And, look, they, the whole women's field really was dominated by the Mitchelton women's team you know they had their foots on their throat on the rest of the field's throat um you know so to speak from the lap one um so she will learn a lot from that and look uh I think at you know moving forward uh you know to next week in fact it is uh, the tour down under starts I'd just love to see Gigante feature once on one stage You know, not that she doesn't have to feature in the overall. I just love to see her feature on one stage, and if she could do that, I think that'd be a big tick for her. This is just beautiful because we spoke so much about her last year, and we're still talking about her this year because you know she's she's done such a great performance. Yeah, and look, I think part of it is due to obviously the people around her, her family and her friends. And let's give her a bit more credit that psychologically she seems like she's still just having fun. That and and she's not letting that sort of change. Have fun first. And, and then and then put the hard work in second. And that's what she's doing. Okay, let's talk about uh, Spratty. Amanda Spratt. I mean, she said to us on record, on the mic, in the streets of Jindabain, the target to start the year was to claim that jersey. And boy, she did. She certainly did. It's her third one. Um, she is she's a dynamite, isn't she? Um, I've sort of run out of superlatives to, to use for Amanda Spratt. She's um, because we've used them all up over the years. You know, it's a, I think she won her first one in 2012. I think I could be wrong, but I think it was 2012. Um, you know, silver and bronze at the World Road Championships, and she goes into this season now, obviously in great shape. Interesting fact: I think she won in 2012, in 2016, and in 2020. Olympic years, Olympic years, Olympic years. And she's at her best now. She is totally at her best now because of those two world championships as well that have preceded this. An Olympic year with the world championships as well. And I, I asked her in the in the um, one-hour show, obviously, that we had um, at the beginning of the broadcast, you know, what favours you more? And she said, I love both courses. So she's excited about both the world championships and the Olympics as well. So... Um, I would dearly, I would love to see Amanda. I'm, I'm a traditionalist in cycling to a degree, but I'd love to see her win the Olympics because for women, the Olympics means more, you know. And I, can I say, unfortunately, is that controversial? It's, it's sort of true because women's cycling have not got the backing they deserve from the sport itself, from us, you know. From, well, from us they have, but not from the sport, not from the UCI. It's getting there. So it's not a criticism, it's just a fact. So at the moment, for her financially... She, I want to see her win the Olympics because she deserves to cash in big time. They don't get paid enough, these women. They really don't. And she deserves to cash in. Absolutely. Let's listen to Amanda Spratt just after a victory. Spratty, we spoke about it in, uh, in Genderbain. You've got it. I know, I know. I'm, I'm very, very excited. This was the first big goal for the, the year is to really focus a little bit more on the road race here. And I'm 
yeah, a bit unusual. I came in as a sole leader for our team. Normally it's a little bit different, but um, I think we had a really solid plan and I'm really grateful and thankful to the team for backing me and proud that I could pull it off. Can you take us through that race? How did it unfold for you? Yeah, we wanted to, I guess, have a bit of a surprise tactic. Um, normally everyone's sort of waiting, 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 and we thought, well, why not turn it on its head and, and already go on the third lap so uh, we had Gracie Elvin riding really hard from the start and then Grace Brown just launched a phenomenal attack the third time up the climb and actually it was only her and I away together initially and then Justine Barrow came across and we thought okay <laughs> we were expecting more people but we'll roll with this and we knew we just had to go hard up the climb and really try to gain time on the rest of the circuit and that's what we did and um Yeah, it, it was a dream race, really. Um, but I have to say, yeah, I really owe a lot to Grace Brown. You saw what she did. She absolutely annihilated herself for me. She worked so, so hard. So it's really pleasing to see her still there on the podium with the bronze medal. And Justine Barrow as well, very impressive. I have to mention her. She, um, I tried to attack on the climb. I couldn't get away from her. So, yeah, impressive. Congratulations. Thank you. So that was Amanda Spratt. And you can hear the voice. There's a big smile behind that voice. Uh, she's just a, she's a joy to interview, isn't she? She's a joy to talk to. She's personable. She's always had her feet on the ground. Um, look, I think there's a lot of athletes you can say that about, but ones that are as dominant as she is, um, she's, yeah, she's really special. She's a, she's a special person. And, you know, you got to spend more time with her at Jindabyne and talk to her and off mic. I think you see that, don't you? Absolutely, even here. Actually, I yeah. bumped into her and we spent, uh, with uh, Florent from L'Etat, we spent about a, an hour. I'm a fanboy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, fanboy groupie, mate. Oh, don't worry. You, you sent me that little picture because I, I had a picture with someone else on top of the climb and I was pretty proud of that. And then you just went, bang, take that with Amanda Spratt. And I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> That's my style. You know? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a refined guy. I'm just go, I bulldoze my way in anyway. Uh, now, we're very happy for Spratty. Definitely, I am. Uh, let's talk about the men's race. And we've got a great really good winner as well, Cameron Meyer. In the words of Tomo, just before, we were, I was watching the race with Tomo back uh, at, at the truck where all the cables are, and then Tomo and I were just watching the race, and he said, he's a bloody legend. Cameron Meyer, and that's before he won. He said, Cameron Meyer is a bloody legend. He is a legend. He is, he is. No matter, no matter what Cameron Meyer does or does not do for the remainder of his career, he's incredible. He has won the time trial, he's won the criterium, Now he's won the road race. He's won Tour Down Under. He's won the J.K. Herald Sun Tour. He's a multiple world champion on the track. Probably one of the best rides I've ever seen, road or track, mountain bike, BMX combined, was Cameron Meyer's victory in the World Points Race in Melbourne a few years ago. Tomo was there. We were covering that race. Um, he went through a spell where he left Mitchelton. He went to Dimension Data. He took a break from the sport mid-season, left the team, and we thought he's hanging it up. He's done. Fair enough. He's had a great career. He's regrouped. Mitchelton said, mate, come on back. I wouldn't say they threw him a lifeline. I think it was a mutual thing. They knew what he's capable of. He re-enthused himself. Um, he was in tears 12 months ago, really in tears, coming up on stage here, and I almost cried with him. You know, I've watched this young guy. I've raced against this guy uh, when he was a young 17-year-old, And then he's gone on to do bigger and better things. And so I felt his pain a little bit, but it's almost better now that he's won it. It's a fairy tale. And it, was almost, it, was, it almost makes the story even better off the back of last year. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Cameron Mayer just uh, after his victory here in Berlin. Cameron, uh, fantastic win. How do you feel? Oh, I don't think words can describe how I feel right now. I, last year was so emotional and, and actually at about 3K to go, I knew I was 
probably going to win it and emotion actually nearly took over me with still with 3k to go and I had to hold it together it means so much to me I've uh, I've seen my brother win it I had a, I fell in love with this race 12 years ago I was fourth uh, in my first elite title around here and um, yeah it's just a surreal moment you want other jerseys you know but this one yeah I mean this is the This is the Queen jersey. It's uh, the one that uh, everyone comes here to, to Buninyong to try and conquer Mount Buninyong and take the, the road race jersey. And I've had the time trial twice and the criterium, but this is the one that I really wanted. Uh, and it's been a long time coming. Uh, everyone uh, tell, asked me all my stories over the 12 years. Uh, and now I can tell this this is the best, best story of the lot. And then we'll see that jersey on the European roads. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I can't thank my, my team, Mitchell and Scott, enough. I mean... They've backed me for the last three years to bring me back on board and uh, on my way to Tokyo Olympics this year and to target here. They give me a leadership role and they put my, their faith in me. I have a great team out there. You could see we rode fantastically today. We had every basis covered and they're, they're a fantastic team and I owe a lot to them. Well done. Congratulations. Tomo said you're a bloody legend. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that was Cameron Mayer. Uh, how much do you think the weight of his brother winning the jersey way back, how much this is a pleasure for him? He just said he looked up to his brother with that jersey uh, in our interview. Uh, mentally, how much do you think that was in his mind in the last K or so? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, um, absolutely. With his, his brother having won here, uh, that was quite a few years ago. Um, yeah, that'd be a bit of it. I think fire in the belly on a number of levels. And, you know, on stage when I interviewed him immediately, effectively immediately after the race, and they're the best times, aren't they, to interview athletes? Because My interview was immediately after as well, you know. <laughs> did, you, did you get him before I got him? No. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. Uh, look, I would, he was, yeah, he was excited, wasn't he? And, he, and he, that's right, he said, look, I love coming to Ballarat ever since. I think he came here as a young kid even, before he could race the elites. So he said, I love coming back to this course. I love the course. So it's, it's been with him for 15 years more. This is a very good point you're making, you know, because we, we, we ask that question. That's what I do. I make good points. <laughs> even when you're tired, you know, that's going to be incredible. But, you know, we've been asking uh, several people around the course and the fact that it's coming back here every year. They just signed for another three years. But you're right. There's young kids that have been here watching that race as fans. They're, not, they're, they're on the course riding it and then they're winning it. You know what I feel? I was thinking about it today and look, in the last four or five days, what's been created here is the Mount, Mount Buninyong. And I thought, gee, what, what is it about it? Well, you know, we know the course is great. I think we've all debated that. It should go, it should stay. But the course is fantastic. The crowd's great. It's a bit like Mount Panorama in motor car racing, Bathurst, you know, the, Bath, the Bathurst 1000. For years, that is ingrained in Australian sporting psyche. And I'm not a big car racing fan, but that's ingrained. And I think it needs to stay here beyond the three-year agreement that they've just agreed on because of what you were just saying. Young kids now are getting inspired when they come here to challenge this mountain, whether it be recreational or compete in, in the big league. I mean, Australia is creating his own mini Ventoux, for example, for France. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I think we can't take it lightly. And then the other side of it is that until, until a, a, another town or city or, or, or council can put their hand up legitimately and say, hey, we've now got the funds, we've got the backing, um, we've got the operations in place, we can deliver a fantastic national championships. And we want that to happen one day. 
but I don't. It's not going to happen for at least three years. We know that. So I think uh, Cycling Australia they'll be cautious about whether or not they ever take it away or ever. All good things come to an end, but they won't just you know, have a knee-jerk reaction and move it um, from Ballarat because they've invested a lot of time and money into this. Look who we uh, have just bumped into again. Uh, we said that people came and bumped into us, but Phil Anderson is with us. You know what it is? He actually saw me this morning. He said, mate, I've heard the success of the iconic uh, uh, pro cyclist pod went really well. When am I getting back on? We need a B-side. It's not really a B-side, Phil, but welcome back. We'll, we'll give you a couple of minutes. Yeah, all A-sides, mate. All A-sides, nah. <laughs> It's not just a coincidence you're banging into me here, mate. There's a lot of has-beens up here on the hill, <laughs> on the hill here in uh, Bunnyong. But nah, it's a wonderful day out. It's good to uh, hear a few stories from uh, the old blokes back in the day. So, what, what do you what do you make of the event of the national champs? Oh, national champs. Oh no, it's great. I mean, I find it a bit strange. It's always in the same same spot. Do you? Uh, yeah. Like even in France, it always goes every every year. It's always in a a different um, city or Provence but I mean it's great for Ballarat and you know it's good for the organisation because you know they've got it pretty dialed now you know after you've been doing it for so many years um, yeah it's a great event you know it's a, certainly a, uh, an entertaining day and you know great racing but it's a good atmosphere and yeah it's a great day out uh, I was going to say, talking about has-beens, and uh, Michael Wilson, he lined up well he's lined up all week in fact in the national championships he won a stage of the Giro, stage of the Vuelta, and he was eighth in the Giro. What was your best place in the Giro? Seventh. Oh, so you've got him by one. Oh, <laughs> lucky. I wasn't sure then. I thought, oh, am I hitting a sore point? You guys raced together quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah we did. He, he obviously still loves it and loves competing. Yeah, well, he's only just sort of come back in the last decade. Um, yeah, he loves it, and you can, you know, you just talk to him and you can see that sort of sparkle in his eye. You know, I don't think I'll ever get back to... Uh, to racing again but um, yeah good on him and uh, you know he's got a son who's, who's been riding very well as well and um, yeah no, it's a great cycling family and another great, great cycling family is uh, the Sprats the Sprats yeah no um, fantastic win and you know she, she had a strong team and uh, you know everybody's here to win and uh, they did what it took which was uh you know go go hard early and um you know i thought it was going to be too early but um yeah you know i think uh it's not as long as a full men's race so you can maybe uh see the finish from the start line but um yeah no spratty did really well and and brown you know what a trooper just riding on the front for how many laps it was and uh that was a great it's good you know the, the the depth of the field was uh was strong and um yeah it was a, a good event so absolutely thank you thank you there you go if you thought this podcast could not be more Aussie <laughs> I, I tell you what Phil Anderson would be right at home on Mount Panorama he's possibly been since he's retired I might have to ask him that absolutely uh overall a great week uh you've covered it all uh what do you make of it Yes, look, I think, um, look, if I had to pick a, a rider of the week, Sarah Gigante obviously was awarded that. To, I think the beauty of it is it's a tough one to pick. I think in previous years, I've, there's someone to me that has stood up uh, above everyone else. I, t- I will say one race. The road races are incredible every year. But I will say one race, and this might surprise you, the junior under-19 women on the rain-soaked streets, the Criterium in Ballarat, I thought was incredible it was sensational unfortunately there was a nasty crash as well so that part of it obviously i'm not including they had to neutralize the race when they restarted it 
the girls just went absolutely full gas and Matt Keenan and I were commentating on the stage with Pat Shaw. It was exciting. And so I will say that was race of the week. Absolutely. And then uh, that day I got completely soaked on my electric bike coming back from work. Uh, but I, I, I was a nice guy. I did text you and ask you how you were, guy, because it looked very wet. It was. Look, it was, a, it was a terrible day. And imagine racing in the rain around Criteriums. They're more dangerous than a road circuit. I know. I was, driving, I was, I was riding back home thinking, that's rain. But I had a thought about, yeah, but those guys are actually right, like, are pro- properly racing. And they're probably racing under that heavy rain. Yeah, they certainly were. And um, look, it gave us two contrasts, didn't it? Thankfully, that rain cleared up for the weekend. And as you said, it's, we're sitting here now in bright sunshine, not a cloud in the sky. Absolutely. It's getting a bit chilly, though. <laughs> Thank you, Maka. It's always a pleasure. And I guess we'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer and your PC, Mac or Apple device. With training plans, interval workouts, group rides and a global community to motivate you, level up and become a stronger rider. Give people a ride on and you're sure to get one back as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today for your free trial.